1: Alright, welcome to Training for Manhood. This is Dan Panetti, and I've got um, some wonderful guests with me, uh, Tim and Katie Matthews, um, and Tim is actually on staff um, at the church I attend, uh, and Katie is actually on staff at the church I attend, and the school uh, where I go, all the different things, so anyway, I've, got, <laughs> I've gotten to know them uh, and love their family, um, but Tim and Katie have a, a unique Um, kind of story and perspective. We actually just recorded a different podcast about adoption because they've adopted a um, a young boy. Um, But Tim's story and kind of training for manhood kind of fits in because, Tim, your background is actually kind of unique in that you grew up really without kind of a father figure in your life. Um, And then now that you're a husband and a father yourself, you've chosen to adopt a young man who probably would have grown up without a father figure in his life. And so... Just that idea of, right, training for manhood, right, how did, I mean, we'll, we'll get a little bit of your story, but I want you to think about that idea of, like, how did you take um, kind of what would be be seen as, like, a deficit in your life, right, not having a, a role model uh, to kind of look up to, right, to, to really allow yourself to grow into becoming the man that sure. you have, and then kind of accepting that responsibility of then providing that for somebody else. So Tim Tim and Katie, first, welcome to the (laughs) podcast after a super long introduction. Um, But Tim, tell us a little bit about your story and your background.
2: Yeah, um, well, I think for me, um, you know, growing up, as you mentioned, uh, without a consistent father figure in the home, uh, you know, really when I came to know Christ at the age of 16 in a saving way, um, I inherited uh, the greatest, most perfect father in the world, Amen. right? Which is, cool. <laughs> yeah, but it's our, our heavenly Father, and I'll be honest with you—that's that's, that's kind of where I think for me and my story took such a, a uh, awesome turn uh, for the better, is mm-hmm. in the sense that I I found uh, the one who created me and made me, and what I didn't have growing up, I inherited uh, the most perfect and, and, and the best Father, and it changed my life. Yeah. Um, which, and, is, and, which is a
1: I think is, is a great reminder. Right. Because I know as we talk about training for manhood, um, the idea that you have a role model in front of you. Right. My thing is always right, my job and responsibility as a, as a parent for my boys right, is always to point them to Christ anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. So I can point them to Christ um, through some of the successful things as a parent that I do in parenting. I can also point them to Christ in Amen. my failures as well, because I get to point them right, to the mercy and the grace of Christ. Um, in my life. And, and ultimately, everything that gets pointed back through, mm-hmm. right, who God is as our Father, because he's the one who has created us. So, sure. right, it, I, I used the word deficit at the beginning, but the reality is, if you have a good parent, they're always pointing you to Christ anyway. That's right. If you don't have a good parent, right, you have to find Christ that's on right. your own. That's right. right. And, and that's that's what happened to you at age 16. So you, in a sense, get adopted into the right? The heavenly kingdom father, mm-hmm. and then, right, you, here's your family, and there's your role model. That's right. And so what was that like just as a 16-year-old boy then, kind of beginning to process the idea of what does it mean to be a man? What, what does it mean to, to be a child of God? That's
2: right. Well, one of the things I tell uh, young men all the time, and I have the opportunity to speak to them, is that the God of the universe loved us so much that uh, he revealed himself to us in some very specific and special ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, uh, one being through his son, Jesus Christ, uh, but also through his revealed word, right? God's word. And God's word has everything we need uh, for faith and for life and and how to do life and, and all that. And so Uh, God loved us enough to not leave us roaming in the dark to try to figure some of this stuff out. So when it came to what what does it mean to be a man of God? What does it mean to be a husband that loves his wife as Christ loved the church? What does it mean to be uh, a father who reflects the nature and the character of God to his children and raises them up and trains them up and disciples them? I mean, the playbook's written, uh, right? And so for me, it's it's just a matter of uh, being disciplined to, to, to search and to seek that out and to find good wisdom, not just in God's Word, which is perfect wisdom, but also through other guys who are, are trying to do it as I'm trying to do it and as iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's really, really, really uh, important as well. So have you
1: had other men then in your life that have come along and kind of been able to mentor you in the process of growing into manhood?
2: Uh, absolutely. Uh, all imperfect examples, sure. of course, as we talked about, we're all broken. Um, and, you know, for me growing up, and I want to be respectful of my, my family of origin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wasn't abused or neglected, but I did grow up uh, with a lot of brokenness, uh, multiple divorces, uh, multiple marriages, mm-hmm. different people in my life that kind of played a father figure uh, to a degree, but there's just so much movement. I mean, we moved almost 20 times before I graduated high school. I mean, just all over the place. And so for me, I just, I never had a godly father figure, right. someone who loved the Lord and, and, and wanted to disciple me. And one of the things when I came to know Christ, uh, God was so gracious uh, to give me uh, men uh, who loved the Lord and showed me different, uh, you know, things as it relates to what does it look like to be uh, a godly man, um, you know, one of those being Katie's dad. You know, part of my story is Katie and I met as juniors in high school and you know uh she's gonna get all sappy well um i uh I've, I've shared it enough now that i feel like i can uh kind of uh, rein it in uh but you know when we met you know she was my invitation to prestonwood mm. and it was after sitting under the preaching and teaching of god's word here for six seven months that on august 13 2003 you know i looked at katie and, and her older sister who's coming with her here at preston at the time and said hey i'm I'm going forward. That's you awesome. know, I, I I want to surrender my life to Christ and was baptized a week later on my seventeenth birthday. And you know, Katie's uh, mom and dad uh, were were so good to me and in a lot of ways adopted me into their hmm. family. And you know, Katie's dad went to go be with the Lord about three months ago, and for the longest time, from the time I was sixteen until he went to go be to heaven, I mean he he was a rock solid father figure yeah. in my life who loved his wife well, who loved his kids well. So that was huge. You know, I had different, you know, coaches and teachers growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it may not have been godly, but showed me what it was like to, you know, to have character and right. integrity right. and to work hard and have an ethic. Picked up some you know, various oh principles yeah, various along principles the along the way. Yeah. And you know, in a lot of ways, that's why my first ministry calling was coaching and teaching, because I knew the impact that you know people had on my life and, and I knew that as a Christian. Uh, and as a coach, uh, God could use me and my influence in some fantastic ways to help other young men uh, become the men that God has called them to be as well.
1: Yeah, what an incredible um, just reminder of the ministry, right, of coaches and teachers Amen. to be able to speak life and truth right, into the life of, you know, young boys and girls uh, from both, right, but just, um, you know, that idea, I've had a number of coaches as well, right, that I look back on, and I go, you know, there was a lot of um, just kind of truth spoken into me uh, as a young man, and I appreciated those coaches, and I think just from a, you know, from a Christian standpoint, if you're a coach out there and a teacher, what an incredible just calling and responsibility that you have to be able to Um, You know, not see the problems of the kid, but see the potential, right? That God has in them, and be able to speak that into them. So, great, great reminder. I also had a um, a father-in-law, right? Uh, My wife Tricia, her dad, uh, was a great, uh, just mentor man in my life. Um, Getting to see him and how he did life well, right? Prioritized his spiritual life, his family, uh, and pursued those things um, even to the detriment of what the world would call success. when he passed away, you know, I think about you know he had um, four kids, all of them believers, um, all of them married believers, and all of his grandkids were believers, all married to believers, and I'm like, what? In the you know, I got guys out there I know that have built you know, you know, you know cities and you know companies and things like that, but I look at their families and they're falling apart, and I'm like, you know, I'll take Bud over those guys any day, and so just that that concept of you know when I look at what I want to be as a man, you know, Bud is a great example for for mm-hmm. me uh, when the rest of the world may not hold him in high regard and his name's not you know plastered anywhere Um, although it it is in the Wyoming football hall of fame just to (laughs) throw that out there right (laughs) Um, but just a a great reminder you know that that there are some different men that God's going to bring along and and be open to look for those Uh, and it is kind of neat every once in a while when your father-in-law is one of them Uh, because obviously he you know he helped raise an incredible young lady Um, uh, But that's kind of a neat thing to be able to have your father-in-law be kind of a mentor, um, you know, trainer for you as somebody who's kind of leading the way for for you.
2: I think you brought up a good point because, you know, one of the things that Jack Good, Katie's dad, Mm -hmm. did was he was a man that, Uh, displayed a a wonderful set of priorities uh, and it was reflective Uh, and now that he's gone to be with Jesus as we reflect on his legacy and and all that you know it, it reminds you of just the priorities that that he did have in place and how he loved very very well loved the Lord loved his wife loved his kids they all loved the Lord and you know that that's the amazing part, and you mentioned this idea of you know you know you've met people who built companies mm-hmm. and cities and, and all these kinds of things. But I bet you if you would have asked these men, you know, hey, uh, what 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 do you want most in life? Well, everyone would say, well, hey, I, I want, you know, I want to be married. I want to love my wife. You know, I want to have kids. And I want to love my family and all that. And it is unfortunate when you see a lot of the time and, and the investment and all that given to build up these things, while you know this is this is dying. Yeah. And I think. It's a good word for all of us men, Dan, and the point you brought up that, you know, I think all of us who say we want to have a, you know, a great marriage and a great family and all that. Well, then we need to make sure that we're investing heavily into that uh, because you reap what you
1: sow. Yeah, I actually ask our seniors, right, at the school I work at, I ask our seniors, um, you know, they're about to graduate and go to college, right? So I'll sit down and I'll ask them um, if you had to be successful in one area and had to be a failure in the other. Right. The two areas I'm going to give you. Right. if One of them. I said, when, you know, when you're 60. Right. We look back and you're successful here, but you're a failure there. Now, I don't want you to be a failure anywhere. So just. It's not know, mutually exclusive. Right, it doesn't, doesn't have to be mutually to exclusive. Be, right. But if you had to be, which one would you choose? And I say family and career. Right. And all of them say, well, I'd rather be successful in family. Right. You know, so be a failure in career. But as long as I'm successful in family. And I said, OK, so here's the deal. What are you doing for the next four years of your life? And they're like, you know, going to college. And I was like, what are you going to do during that four years, right? And then they're going to spend a lot of money, right, and get a lot of training so that they're successful in their careers. And I said, so the the chances of you failing in your career, right, go down significantly, (laughs) right? Because you're going to spend a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of energy. Somebody's going to train you. Somebody's going to disciple you. Somebody's going to mentor you in your career. So the chances of you being a a failure in your career have just gone down, right? I said, what are you going to do the next four years so that you're successful in your family? And they look at you with this like blank stare, as like, well, I've never thought about that. I'm like, okay, so, here's a deal. Now you're thinking about it, <laughs> right? Now you're thinking about it. So, um, and, you know, Paul writes about how you know, physical training has some value, training in godliness. Right has even greater value.
2: It's, it's funny that you because literally go. the verse that was going in my mind, <laughs> yes. right? Because I mean that's the truth. And as someone who is a an athlete and a coach, you understand that, right? Sure. Like if this is the outcome you want, let's begin with the end in mind. Exactly. Well, there's some things that you got to do in between to get there. Right. Uh, Right, and it's funny how. So for you, if if I
1: wanted to be a professional baseball player, right, right, which you got drafted, we were just talking about that. There's things that you did, right. There's there's you know days where you worked on your craft, right. There's coaches that you had come in that helped fine tune things, and it's amazing, right. Because if I understand that, right, if I want to be in the major leagues, right, I've got to do X, Y, and Z to get there. But if I want to have a successful marriage and a successful family, if I want to be a successful man from a spiritual standpoint, right, we kind of look at each other like. Well, it'll it'll just happen, right? Like, you know, I'll go to church once in a while, right? Um, I'll meet, you know a uh, you know a cute girl. We'll get married, and of course, we'll have a great family. And I'm like, so, <laughs> right? Which is actually the verse is actually where training for manhood comes from, right? Because it's that idea of you've got to you've got to train in those things that you really think are important, or or the other thing is just don't say they're important. That's right. Right, so if you're not going to train in family, if you're not going to train to be a godly man, right, then just tell me it's not important. And career is important, right, because that's where I'm spending my time, my energy, my money. And when I become the president, and CEO of whatever company, right, then I can say, hey, I'm a success. It's great. Just tell people that. Just be honest with that's it, true. right. But if you're going to tell me that family is important and that your marriage and that your, you know, your walk with the Lord is important, but you're not doing anything to train in it. Right. Right then, I think you're just being disingenuous. Sure. Right. So, um, what what would you say then to that young man, right? As far as um, the concept, like, like you know, let's say I'm in high school, even, right? Young man, kind of beginning um, the you know the walk and you know, of what it means to be a man. What advice would you give him to say, hey, um, you're you're going to get training in other areas of your life from an athletic standpoint, right? For a career standpoint, but just for Training for a manhood. What what kind of advice would you give him?
2: Yeah, well, I want to I want to build on you know the scripture that you mentioned before because again, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. I want to be excellent in everything totally that I true. do. Right, yep, that's right. Uh, yes. So it's not mutually exclusive because physical training is of some value. Right. There's value in that, yes. right? Um, but you know, training in godliness has value for this life and the life to come. So eternal value, eternal significance, yes. and so. You know, I had the privilege of, of talking to a high school, uh, you know, select baseball team that was practicing out here at uh, Grahamfield PCA uh, the other night, and that's the exact same verse uh, that I use because it's such a reminder that you know, as as young men, you know, if this is if this is what you want, uh, then then what are you going to do to get there? It requires discipline, it requires training, it requires work, and so I think it starts with leading your own heart first. Yes. Right, because the idea of you know being a man of God comes out of the overflow. Of, of who you are, right? So it's a heart issue. Jesus says in John 15, 7, right? If you abide in me, my words abide in you, uh, right? Uh, you'll bear much fruit. For mm-hmm. apart from me, you can mm-hmm. do nothing, nothing. And so, you know, this idea of bearing fruit starts with the heart and abiding and remaining in Christ and so leading your heart to Him. And so I think that's, you know, spending time in God's word, it's spending time communicating with God in, in prayer, it's attending corporate worship, mm-hmm. you know, being a part of a church and being around other brothers and sisters in Christ, those that are more mature and, and pursuing mentorship relationships with these guys. Like when, if you look around yep. and you see guys like, I want to know what he's doing because it looks like he's doing it right, right? It, I, I think it's important in pursuing those relationships. One of the most wonderful gifts that I've had being a part of a local church from the time that I was 16, is is I've had guys in the local church that I've been able to look at and have rubbed shoulders with and have spent time with and had coffees with and meals with and just listening, yeah. asking good questions and just listening to wisdom and, and all that. And so, you know, James 1-5 is pretty clear. If we ask for wisdom, he's faithful to give it. And so I think part of that is just humbling yourself and recognizing, hey, this is what I want. Then what do I need to do myself, but also who do I need to pursuing and seeking out who can pour and invest into me. And I think people are surprised at how many people out there, much like you, Dan, who if you just, hey, spend some time with me, right? Uh, You know, help me, give me a a view of what this looks like, Uh, all the good, the bad, the ugly in between. And I wanna learn from that because wisdom is taking God's word and applying it to life. Mm -hmm. And so obviously spiritual maturity and wisdom is not always based on age. But if someone's been walking with the Lord for X amount of time and and really pursuing him, chances are they do have more wisdom than you. They live more life than you. They've seen God's hand move in different ways in their life. And it really gives you a a wonderful purview because hindsight's one of the best, you know, uh, teachers. And so um, I think that's really, really important and significant. Yeah,
1: I love that. So back, back to your story. Sure. Um, as a young man, kind of growing up really without a consistent father figure, right? You and Katie have chosen to adopt, and you've adopted a young a young boy um, who might have grown up without a father figure. But you've said, "Hey, you know, we want to we want to raise a young boy." So tell me how, in a sense, that kind of comes full circle for you, kind of to fill in that gap and kind of be that man yeah. to raise another boy
2: sure well after we had our two biological girls i just kind of threw my hands up. i was like well i guess i'm gonna be a father to girls that's, i'm gonna be a girl dad that's, you know but it's interesting and you know how again hindsight is one of the best teachers and looking back you know it was interesting that during that season while we were praying through you know foster and adoption after we had our two mm-hmm. biological kiddos and we felt like the lord you know never really let you know our desire to do that settled because prior to our two biological kiddos, we went through miscarriage and fertility and felt the Lord stirring us to adopt them. Um, I had a, a friend at the time give me a book called Raising a Modern Day Knight. There Maybe you you've heard of it. Yes. And as I was reading that book, and, and I can I can get prayer journals out from this season of my life and what I was praying for and stuff like that. As we we're thinking about adopting, I wouldn't have cared if it was another girl, right. boy, whatever. I didn't, I didn't care. We wanted to adopt, but. If I was being just 100% authentic with you in my heart, of like, man, I really want a boy, mm-hmm. and I really want a boy because um, I want to raise someone up who can who can start a legacy and you know and leave a legacy and to train him up to be this man of God and yeah. and, and all that. All kind the stuff. things that have been poured all, into all you. All the things that right? poured into me. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted that, and lo and behold, you know, God saw it fit uh, to to answer my request in that specific way, which. He's not obligated to, but felt like he he did, and uh, that's when we found out about JJ. Right, seven months, you know, birth mom seven months pregnant, uh, and she's pregnant with a boy. Mm. And man, let me tell you, like it was pretty, it was pretty awesome when we saw those things uh, come together. Uh, in that way and it's been very very special so we
1: we talked a little bit earlier about how um your physical adoption of a young man is kind of a great picture of the spiritual adoption that god has for us right adopted us into his family Mm -hmm. spiritually Uh, it's kind of interesting i had a um, a lunch with a guy a number of years ago and he was very very wealthy and he was looking at retiring and uh, one of the things he said was um i've kind of made enough money for my family i think i'm you know want to retire and i looked at him right he had one one uh, child um, biologically, right? And I looked at him and I said, um, I think your definition of family is too small. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, I really believe that God's giving you the, the ability to make money, right? And I think you need to make money. You need to make a lot of it. You just need to start looking at, right, your children is not just being your biological children, but who are your spiritual children, mm-hmm. right? And, and just kind of that idea of you've done physically what I think what I'm calling a lot of men to do spiritually as well, right? And that is, right, find a younger man right and in a sense adopt them as your younger timothy right if you're a paul adopt him as your younger timothy and train them up spiritually right so you've done it physically which is great you've got jj in your home you're going to raise him you're going to train him right but i think the concept is is there's lots of jjs out there right who they may be in somebody else's family you may not be able to bring them in physically to your family but spiritually we need those older men to be mentoring and discipling and training those younger men so uh, great picture I think you know for you to do that full circle uh, you know physically by bringing somebody to your home um, but you don't need to adopt somebody right physically to be able to mentor them spiritually right. and I think that's a, a great reminder to us for an older men right is to find those younger men and, and to train them yeah. up
2: Titus 2 is pretty clear right older men you're supposed to do that Older women you're supposed to do that like that's part of the discipleship process right. and you know just to call it what it is if you're not doing that, and you're being disobedient to the call that God has placed on your life as a believer, uh, and and so I think that's that's really 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 important um, and significant, and I think we miss out on a lot in terms of the local church, especially. The church that we attend, right, Prestonwood, uh, we're a multi-generational church, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of godly older men, um, and we have a population of younger men, and even if they grew up with in a traditional family with a mom and a dad in the home and all that kind of stuff, there's some glaring realities out there that, you know, half— You know, of of our young men grow up in broken homes. And even those that aren't in a broken, physically broken home, doesn't mean that there's not brokenness within that home where they may or may not have been given a godly father figure, right? They may have had the father who provided everything financially and materially, but massive (laughs) vacuum when it comes to the spiritual things in life. And I think it's incumbent upon us in the context of the local church, to your point, because the spiritual realities are, are deeper and more profound than the blood realities, the biological realities. And I think that's really, really important when you see it from that purview and that perspective of, you know, they may not be my child physically, but oh they are spiritually they're your brother you know or right. sister and and there's a responsibility that comes with that for yeah sure. so usually i
1: end a podcast with kind of a um, a takeaway an action point um, and i kind of want to leave two action points tell me what you think of this one um, is um, look into foster care and adoption right because we were just talking about right i mean physically uh, there are um, tens of thousands of young people out there right that are in desperate need of a stable um, you know, home environment that's going to raise them in the right way. So uh, wherever you are and wherever you're listening, um, our church has a particular ministry called Chosen, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you can you can find it in whatever city that you're in. Uh, look for foster care and adoption and see, you know, begin to pray about, is that an option for me and, and is that something for our family that we can do? Uh, and so I'd say that would be the one takeaway. The second takeaway is um, if you're an older man, you need to find somebody to disciple and mentor. If you're a younger man, you need to find somebody older to disciple you and mentor you. And everybody, by the way, is kind of in the stage of both. So if, if you're 20, right, find the high school kid that you can mentor, <laughs> find the older guy who's mentoring you, right? If you're 50, find the 70 year old guy who's mentoring you, find the 30 year old guy you can pour into. So I think that's a huge important aspect of that. Any sure. last words you'd like to add to that?
2: No, I just agree. I mean, there's an input and there's an output, right? Discipleship means someone's pouring into you, you're pouring into somebody else. And to your point, I think do something. Right? And when we talk about loving the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, um, and love our neighbor as ourselves, obviously, for those of us who know that to, to love our Lord perfectly that way is impossible. So praise God for the grace in Jesus Amen. Christ, right? But that word love, uh, it's not just love in the sense of listen, but it's listen and obey, yeah. right? Hear and then do. And so I think your two action points are, are spot on with that, right? Just do something in the name of the Lord. Amen. All right. Thanks, Tim and Katie. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training4manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.